Welcome. You are listening to a sermon from Christ Chapel Barry. Listen and be blessed. Amen. Amen. Is somebody happy to be in the house of God today? Yes. Are you blessed already? Yes. Your touch will be permanent in Jesus' name. Yes. Your blessings will be permanent in Jesus' name. Yes. I know somebody is looking at his or her wristwatch. Don't worry. We are not going <laughs> to. We are walking to time. And the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Yeah. I know the teenagers have a presentation. How long is it? Father, we thank you for this day. We lift you anyone I Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. As we go into your world, go with us. Amen. Speak unto us. Amen. Teach us. Amen. Touch us. Amen. Glorify your name in our lives. The good work we have started in our lives today, individually and collectively, let it be permanent in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our joy shall be full. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Amen. We love you, Lord, for we have prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have our seat. We all welcome to his presence. We all welcome to his presence. We've been looking at the topic, Lord, teach us to pray. From Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And maybe about two Sundays ago, we started looking at the, 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 what do we call it? The Lord's Prayer, the ideal prayer from verse 2 of that Luke chapter 11. And Jesus began and said, when you pray, say our Father. And then we stopped there. Because our Father implies a relationship. If you don't have a relationship with someone, you cannot call him your Father. I mean, like uh, there's an adage in God's own country that says uh, everybody is a child of uh, Owa. But when it's at night, Owa knows his own children. Owa is a king in Yoruba land. They say everybody is his children. Oh, we are all his children. I think that's the king of Ijecha land. Owa Ibokumo, something like that. Uh, you, you, are, you are in the spirit. <laughs> Idea is need. So everybody is a child of the king. But when it's time for everybody to sleep at night, what happens? Do they all go to sleep in the king's palace? Everybody will find their way to their father's house. So when we say our father, that is very important. If you are going to learn to pray, we said, first of all, there must be a relationship of fatherhood. If he is not your father, every other premise is broken. Then we went a step further and said, the second relationship is that of friendship. And we are still on friendship. But if he's not your father, he cannot do what? He cannot be your friend. And I know some fathers here, they are more interested in their children being afraid of them. True or false? Some of us, we want our children to be afraid of us. Say, you saw daddy coming to the city room, what do you do? What do you do? You disappear. Because if he sees you, you are in trouble. When daddy is not at home, the house is peaceful. It's not that when he comes, he will fight him. But the moment he comes in, all the freedom the children have with their mom, it disappears. And if daddy does not call you, they are not sure. So some of us are more interested in our children fearing us than being friends with our children. See the difference between us and God. God wants you and I to be what? To be his friend. And he, he doesn't have too many if all of us make up our minds that I must be God's friend, God never gets to a point where he says I have enough friends. 
He's looking. That's why the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord do what? They go to and fro. You will have begun to highlight some benefits of divine friendship. When we looked at uh, 2 Chronicles 27, Isaiah 41, 8, and James 2, 23, we saw that, I mean, when you are a friend of God, you create inheritance for your generations. And we may give the example of the children of Israel. That the reason they are where they are today is because of who? It's because of Abraham. He was a friend of God. And because of that, God decided to make him generations. Even Jacob, when God was relating with Jacob, he said, because you are the seed of Abraham, my friend. So when you are the friend of God, you are not just taking care of yourself. You are taking care of generations below the line. You are taking care of generations to come. The Lord will establish you in Jesus' name. Yeah. I say he will establish you in Jesus' name. Yeah. So we got to the point by saying Abraham was a friend of God. And that's why we continue this morning. Genesis chapter 18 from verse 17 to 22. Genesis 18, 17 to 22. We see a consequence of the friendship between Abraham and God. God said, verse 17, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? He said, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. Uh, somebody here will be great. Amen. Somebody here will be mighty. Amen. He said, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. God will make you a blessing. Amen. So it doesn't matter what the enemy does. If you are a friend of God, God is saying, I know you will be great. Amen. How many friends of God are here today? Uh, maybe you are not yet there. You want to be a friend of God. God is telling you that be my friend and you will be great. You will be great in Jesus' name. Yeah. There's something we call the days of little beginning. There's a time you start small. There was a time this church started small. We are not yet what you call a big church. But we are no longer a small church. I always tell people we are a growing church. Amen? Yeah. When the church started, the membership was myself, my wife, and our two children. Then we had only two children. So it was in this church that the other two were born. And so, I mean, there was addition biologically. <laughs> and there was addition other means. And God has been faithful. There is a time called days of what? Small beginning. But the Bible says, though your beginning was small, what happens? Your later end shall what? Shall be great. I want to talk to somebody like that. You will be great. Amen. I said you will be very great. Amen. So the Lord said, I know that Abraham will become a great and mighty nation. And all nations of that shall be blessed in him. He said, for I know him. That's why they are friends. You remember what Jesus said? He said, I call you no more servants. He said, because servants don't know what their master does. He said, I call you what? Friends. And we've, we've mentioned Amos 3.3 before that says, can two work together except what? There has to be an agreement. An agreement between you and him. That's very important. He said, I know him. He will command his children. They will keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment. That the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. What the Lord has spoken concerning you, he will bring to pass. Amen. When we come together next Sunday, there's a very important aspect of friendship with God that we're going to be looking at. But suffice to say, as we continue this morning, that what was God going to do? He was going to destroy Sodom. He didn't say it that way. He said, I am going, he said, because, uh, verse 20, 
The cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great. Their sin is, great, is, is grievous. Verse 21. He said, I will go down and see whether they have done all together according to the cry of it, which is common to me. And if not, I will know. God did not go to Sodom to destroy Sodom. He went to Sodom to examine what is happening in Sodom. And if I may ask you today, we, there's a prayer we normally pray. We pray for divine visitation. If God visits you tonight, what will he find in you? Will he find a reason for a relationship, for a covenant with you, or a reason for what? Destruction. Ponder it. If God were to visit you today, and brethren, he still visits. That's why the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord go where? Two. And he's looking for what? Just one person. I want to ask you a question. Will God find one person in this assembly? Yes. I know he will find me. He's looking for just one person that is faithful towards him. He said, I know this man. I'm going to Sodom. I want to go and see. But Abraham, because he was a friend of God, he knew what God was saying. He knew that this God is a righteous God. The Bible says he's too holy to do what? To be all iniquity. He knew before the cry of Sodom went to heaven, it had reached Abraham where he was. And he began to intercede. I said, oh God, when you get there and you begin to examine, but eventually you will see 50. What will you do? He said, if I see 50, they are safe. He said, that's why I'm said I'm going to examine. And he, be, he continued to bargain with God until he got to 10. And he said, well, I mean, uh, if, I mean, at least Lot is not a failed evangelist. He's been in that place for so long, he should have at least a few souls to join his family. But when God got to Sodom, even the family of Lot did not go with him. So God could not find 10. I want to ask you today, if God is visiting this, this, this assembly, will, he, will you be counted among the faithful? That's very important. Will you be counted among those that will say, yes, I went to Christ chapel today. As, and uh, you know he's been here. Do you know he's been here? Yeah. Oh, he's been here with us since morning. Because he knows that for you to come here today, it took some extra effort. Some of us came in here today, we have, uh, we have uh, is it cold? Or is it Qatar, like we call it in God's own country? Or is it a flu? Whatever they call it. And they have, they have instilled fear into somebody's heart and say, ah, go and do COVID tests. Tell somebody I reject it in Jesus' name. You don't have COVID. Don't let anybody harass you. It's just the unstable weather. And so if you can brace it and say, I am going to church, nothing can stop me. So if God now decides to examine your presence here, what will he find? Because Abraham was a friend of God. He had an opportunity to intercede for Sodom. Psalm 25 verse 14. Psalm 25 verse 14. Psalm 25 verse 14. He says, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. The secret of the Lord is with who? Please ask your neighbor, do you fear God? Because if you don't fear God, his secrets cannot be with you. How do you know somebody that fears God and someone who does not fear God? Somebody that fears God will not be a Christian in church and, and an infidel outside. When we were in, uh, 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 in Polakot, we had this brother. He's a pastor now. He's a senior pastor in Polakot. He was one of the young guys that were with me then. And after he gave his life to Christ, this brother said his own calling is to go and be preaching to harlots. 
What was he doing for himself? He was digging a hole. Thank God that we got to know early. And we spoke some sense into his head. And that's why he can still be standing today. Now imagine that you are a drunkard. You love Hennekin. Hennekin. Abi, Shebi, there is something called Hennekin. Shebi is an alcoholic drink. Good. You, ah, what is it? I don't drink it now. So you love Hennekin. Especially when it is cold and chilled. <laughs> Then you give your life to Christ. And you do not get to church. They say, go and preach. And you decide that my ministration is to what? It's in their parlor. That is a man that does not want to grow. Are we together? It's, God is examining. He said, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. There's a secret that God has prepared for you. Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. I say, receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends of God are the ones who usually intercede and stand in the gap for others. They do what? When God is looking for someone, um, the story is told of one of our pastors, not a redeemed pastor, but a very senior pastor. He went out of town to minister, and where he was ministering, they had a wonderful day. And he went back to the hotel, was relaxing, and somebody knocked on the door. and said, I'm not expecting anyone. Pastor came, pastor has gone. All the people that they, we had dinner together at the cafeteria, they've gone. But he went, he opened the door. And when he opened the door, who came in? A, a, a sister came in. A sister Jezebel. <laughs> she walked in, she came in, closed the door, and she removed the robe that she had on. And underneath that robe is a bad day suit. She had nothing underneath the robe. This was pastor that I just preached powerfully and God did mighty things but where am I going I'm talking of the fact that friends of God are the ones that intercede and stand in God for others in Ibadan where his ministry is a sister was doing her own sin and God just impressed upon her to do what to start praying not for anybody but for who so she began to pray she just began to pray that Lord your son whatever it is she prayed and after a while the body was lifted because pastor was able to do what? To flee. He ran. That's what he ran. He ran for his dear life. So the administration, <laughs> everything went well. Pastor got back to Ibadan. And the sister went and met him and said, Pastor, on so-so-and-so date, at so-so-and-so time, was there any problem? Then the pastor opened up and shared his testimony. Now, if your pastor is in trouble. Can God depend on you to pray for him? In fact, if God impresses upon you that ah, pray for your pastor, say, ah, that our pastor is a prayer warrior. <laughs> I mean, what can I pray? <laughs> but God is saying you should do what? Pray, pray for him. Tell somebody to pray for him. Friends of God are the ones that God gives, I mean, burdens to, to pray for others. There are times you don't know who you are praying for. There are times you don't know what you are praying for, but you just do what? Just pray. That's why many at times we pray in the spirit. You just pray in tongues. Just continue to pray until you feel lighter, or you feel as if, okay, I think it is done. And you've done your own part. And you may not know what you have done. 
until we get to heaven. And the Lord will say, this is the assignment I gave you. And you did it mightily. You will have a testimony. Amen. I said you will have a testimony. Amen. God will commend you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Friends of God are known intimately by God. They are known how? God said, I mean, shall I do anything and hide it from, my, uh, from Abraham? Say, I know him. I know what he will do. And God was proved right. Will God be proved right in your life? That's very important. Will he be proved right in your life? When we continue the scriptures, the Bible tells us some people that are what I call noted intercessors that are recognized. And there are three people that God recognizes in the Old Testament. When you go to Ezekiel chapter 14 verse 14, Ezekiel 14 verse 14, we see a list of people that are friends of God. Ezekiel 14, 14. He said, those, these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it. They should deliver but their own souls by their righteousness, said the Lord God. So God recognized that these men were men that could pray for others. But because of the iniquity of, of, of Judah, or of Jerusalem, he said, even if they pray, I won't answer them. So he highlighted these people. What was peculiar about their lives? When you, talk, when you take the case of Noah, what made Noah the friend of God? The Bible says, I mean, he was a faithful man. We, just, we always highlight the fact that the Bible says Noah found what? He found grace or he found favor before God. God did not do, you know, he said, you. No, that's not what God did. He looked at that man and said, I see something in this man. And because of what he saw in him, he found favor. He found grace. There is a prerequisite. There is a starting point, brethren. There is a starting point. I want to look at, I mean, I want to look for that particular passage. That's in uh, Genesis chapter 5. Genesis 6, eight. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, it's Genesis 6, 8. Yeah, but before he found grace, what did the Bible tell us about Noah? Okay, I can't locate that passage now. But the Bible has a testimony concerning Noah before he found grace at the end of that passage. He was a faithful man. He was a man that had the Lord and obeyed excuse me, whatever the Lord gave him. That was very important. He didn't just drop to find grace. So there must be something in you that God will see for him to take you to the level he wants to take you. Are we together? And that's where, that is key. He must find in you a man with whom he can do business. We know the story of Daniel. But the Bible says in Daniel chapter 1 verse 8. What did Daniel do? He proposed in his heart. Not to do what? Not to defile himself with the portion of the king's meat. So Daniel made up his mind. I won't defile myself. Then the Bible, when you go down in that passage, the Bible says, God Gave him what? 
favor. God, so God doesn't just throw favor away because some of us, if God gives us favor, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Uh, you know what I'm saying now. Tell, answer me. If God were to give favor to some of us, what are we going to do? We'll waste it. In fact, I mean, the, the Bible says it repented him that he had made man. He looks for a man that will be faithful with what he has given unto him. Will he find you faithful? That's very important. They told Daniel, if you pray, we will kill you. What did he do? What did he do? When he knew that the decree had come forth, the Bible says he went to his closet. He prayed as he used to do at other times. He did not say, I'm going to be wise. I mean, that's what we say. We say, you have to apply wisdom. There's that passage with the man who says, wisdom is... Uh -huh. You know it because you quote it every time. <laughs> That's what we used to just justify our errors. But Daniel said, well, if they throw me in the lions then, if the lions eat me, I will go to be with my God. But I serve a God that I know is faithful in his word. If God is not faithful in your life, it's not God's fault. Though. Testimony is not God's fault. That's very important. That is very important. And of course, we know the story of Job. And because next week I'm going to be going into what is it in detail that they did. I'm not going to start that today. We don't have much time. But it's very important that we realize that God rewards and recognizes our faithfulness. I love the Bible passage that says, a faithful man. A faithful man. Some men complete that passage. Men. I don't want to hear any sister's voice. Who can find? Only my brother is in the spirit. A faithful man who can find. So you can ask that brother beside you, are you faithful? Are we afraid of them? Some of us are sitting with our husbands. We don't want to talk. It's pastor that is sending you to him. Ask that man beside you, are you faithful? It's a faithful man who can find. Noah was faithful. Daniel was faithful. Job was faithful. They were faithful in the things that God committed into their hands. And so God could, uh, uh, God could, uh, what's the word? He could, uh, he could stand and vouch for them. I said, I know Noah. I know Daniel. I know Job. They are intercessors. But he said, the iniquity of this nation is so much that even if those intercessors come, I'm not going to answer their prayers. But what you and I need to take note, brethren, is that for you to become a friend of God, God must find you faithful. He must do what? He must find you faithful. He must find you faithful. Moses was a friend of God. The Bible tells us in Exodus 33 verse 11. Exodus 33 from verse 11. He said, the Lord spoke unto Moses face to face. As a man speaketh unto his friend, and he turned again to the camp. But the servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. God spoke unto Moses how? Face to face, as a man speaketh unto his friend. God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you. One of the things you need to take note of is the ones he has spoken to you, what did you do with it? Many of us here have, have seen revelations from God. That has given us direction. 
that has given us instruction. But we are waiting until heaven will open. And then the sky will disappear. And then you hear a voice. And you see fire descending. God doesn't operate that way. That dream you had yesterday. And you woke up and you knew that ah, this is a message from God. That is God speaking to you. But what you do with it will determine what next. Can you please ask whatever, what will you do? with that revelation. Moses, the Bible says, brought down the presence and the glory of God. In Exodus 33, verse 9 to 10. Exodus 33, 9 to 10. He says, and it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. He brought down the presence of God. Why? Because he was a friend of God. God's presence is not cheap, oh. I hope you realize that. It's not cheap. You must pay the price for God to come down and reveal himself unto you. Do we remember what Moses did for 40 days and 40 nights? What did he do? 40 days and 40 nights. What did Moses do? He was on the mountain. 40 days and 40 nights, bro, Moses did not eat. There was no water when he was in God's presence. How many days have we fasted now? Anybody knows? How many days? Did you say 21 days? Today is February 11. And we are going to February 29. So we have 18 days to go to 50. So 50 minus 18, 32. Okay. So we are fasting for 32 days. Not the type of Moses fast, though. Your own, you are breaking every day. And you are still cutting corners. You are still cutting corners. And then you want God to treat you as his friend. You want God to give you those secrets that are meant for his friend. When he knows that the price you need to pay to bring those promises to pass, you are not willing to pay the price. Brethren, there's a price to pay. I hope we know that. Salvation is free. But friendship with God is not cheap. It's not cheap. Salvation is free. We are all saved. The problem is, you are either moving up or what? Or down. You cannot be on one spot. And because many of us have chosen to be on one spot, what are we doing? We are going down. This is February, February 11. Only two more Sundays in the year, in the month February. And then we'll be in what month? We'll be in March. What foundations are you laying? God wants to be your friend. Doesn't want God wants to be your friend. The friendship of Moses with God attracted divine protection and judgment upon his enemies, even his own siblings. In Numbers number 12, chapter 12, verses 1 to 10. Even his um, Aaron and what's that sister's name? They rose up against Moses and said, this, Is it the only one God speaks to? God speaks to us too. Uh, what, what does he think he is? Moses married an Ethiopian woman. It was contrary to God's law. But when God came, did he say, Oh, yes, so Marian and Aaron, they are right? Is that what he said? He said, if there's a prophet among you, I speak to him in dreams, 
in visions and in all that. He said, but my friend Moses is not so. How do I talk to him? Mouth to mouth. That's a friend of God. Tell somebody that's a friend of God. And that's what he wants you to be. He wants to fight for you. Occasions when you don't even know you are in trouble. Do you realize that? There are times you don't know you are in trouble. There are times you don't know you are fighting a battle. But God will come through for you and fight that battle for you. And you may never know. You may never know what God has fought for you. That's very important. You need to arise and be counted among the friends of God. We are going to be looking at, as from next Sunday, what did Abraham do that made him a friend of God? What did Moses do that made him a friend of God? In other words, what can you do that will make you a friend of God? Remember that the starting point is, he must be your word. He must be your word. If he's not your father, there's nothing you can do. You can't bribe God. Tell somebody you can't bribe God. Because many of us are trying to bribe God. God is unbribable. He must be your father. That's the starting point. Having become your father, he desires to be your friend. What do you need to do? And we'll start looking at that next week. And I pray that God will find you faithful to be his friend. Amen. You know, if, I mean, I hope we can go beyond one person, beyond two, beyond three. Because we are talking about a deep relationship with God. We are talking about going deeper beyond the surface. We are talking about knowing God and being known of God. Let's bow down our heads. Abraham was a friend of God. Moses was a friend of God. Noah was a friend of God. Job was a friend of God. Daniel was a friend of God. Just those names alone already gives you a very good idea what you need to do to be a friend of God. Begin to talk to God. So if there's anything that has come between you, I mean, I mean, between us so that you cannot be my friend, that Lord intervene today. Father, have mercy. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of mercy. And he's here to have mercy on somebody. If you truly desire that he be your friend. If you don't want to waste his fatherhood. Oh, maybe you are here today. And he's not even your father. If he's not your father, he cannot be your friend. You are here, you've not given your life to Jesus. And you want to do so. You want to raise up your hand where you are, we are going to pray together. That's why you are here today. That God may touch you. That he may make with you what he desires to do. That his name and his name alone may be glorified in your life. Oh, you are here, you are still a lukewarm Christian. Lukewarm. You are neither hot nor cold. You are on fire in church and you are cold at home. You need to repent because God does not accept such Christianity. You are following us online and you are not born again. This is your opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Just say, Lord Jesus, I come before you. I come unto you and unto no man. Touch me. Write my name in the book of life. I want to be your friend. I want to be your friend. I want to go beyond just fatherhood. I want to know you as my friend. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Father, we thank you for such a time as this. We live to name on high. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, you gave us a word that none of us here will live here the same. 
if there's anything that is a hindrance between what you desire for us and what we can receive right now in the life of everybody present here, address it in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Move like never before yeah. and let your name be glorified. Yeah. Is anyone sick? I say receive the healing touch of God in the name of Jesus. Yeah. I say receive the healing touch of God in the name of Jesus. Yeah. The name of the Lord alone shall be glorified in your life. Yeah. So shall it be. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to our sermon here on Christ Chapel TV. Tune in next time for the next sermon. God bless you.